We went and got Pep Hamilton. We finna get this shit rolling. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, more odds, and more lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Locked On Texan is where your Texan training camp uh, information starts. And, Cody, what a great couple of days for. Uh, Second-year wide receiver Nico Collins. Hmm. Uh, uh, Off-season acquired cornerback Steven Nelson. Got to talk about him. Derek Stingley, he's having a phenomenal uh, couple of days so far with Houston learning uh, and just taking on what it means to be their third overall pick. Before we talk about the cornerback room, specifically Derek Stingley Jr., the Texans have removed rookie tight end Tegan Quintoriano from the PUP list. List and the team released quarterback Kevin Hogan. There is something I want to mention about the quarterback position with their uh, David Mills, Davis Mills later in, t- in today's show. However, with the third overall pick, Derek Stingley, mm. who came into the league with a lot of hype since his freshman year, Cody, I'm hearing he's out there having a good time. Our friend Brandon K. Scott texted me and he said, I tell you what, Stingley does not look Injured dude looks like he can play right now. Is it too good to be true? Or did Houston really find the real deal in Derek Stingley? I believe the Texans found the real deal in Derek Stingley Jr. And by the way, please be sure to check out Friday's installment of Locked On Texans because I'm pretty sure that is one of the topics that we're going to discuss with our good friend over at Sports Radio 16, Mr. Brandon K. Scott. However, John, listeners and viewers, Monday was a very good camp for Derek Stingley because it was the very first practice that he had where he was where he participated during the whole entire practice, I believe, all the way up until the two-minute drill. Um, I had an opportunity to watch Derek Stingley very, very closely, first and foremost. He wears number 24, so John, you already know. With that being my favorite number, it's always easy for me to find Stingley out there on the field, but what I would say is I 100% agree with Brandon K. Scott. This is a young man who, as we know, last year sustained a very devastating foot injury. And the way he is moving out there on the field, he can fool anybody to make it seem like this guy has never underwent a foot injury. And by the way, kudos to the Houston Texans because, as we all know, prior to the start of rookie minicamp, a couple months ago, um, Lovey Smith did come out and say that Derek Stanley Jr. was on a ramp-up period. You know, I was one of the people, I must admit, saying, oh my God, what's wrong with Stingley? Are there any type of reasons where, you know, we should be concerned or whatever the case might be? I love the fact now, in hindsight, I love the fact that the Houston Texans took their time bringing Derek Stingley along and as B. Scott told you in that text message, he looked very good. By the way, I do want to um, give some highlights of what I was able to see from Derek Stingley. 
had an opportunity to watch him go through some one-on-one drills. He did win his one-on-one battle with Johnny Johnson III. However, he did lose his one-on-one battle with Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins, who is by far 1A and 2A of the best wide receivers this team has to offer. However, John, listeners and viewers, I know you guys are going to love this. Every single time it seems like Derrick Stingley Jr. made a mistake, Danny Vassell pulled him to the side immediately and started talking to him. Defensive back, who is probably the vet, his veteran, Steven Nelson, pulled him to the side, looked like he was giving him pointers. And by the way, at the end of practice, while we all was in the media, media scrum, my our good friend, Mr. Mr. B. Scott, pulled me to the side and said, look, Looked out there on the practice field, and Brandon Cooks was getting some additional yes. reps yes. with Derek Stingley Jr. Love what I saw out of Stingley, even with some of the mistakes that he made. However, I would like to say, if there is one point of emphasis I would like to make, is the fact that Derek Stingley looked like he goes too much for the fake. There were several times where Nico Collins was able to create some separation between him and Stingley because he he went he committed to a fake route. There was times, I remember there was this one part where it seems like he was about to go to a go route, but all of a sudden he just hurry up and cut straight in. And if there is one gripe, I would say that's probably one level of concern that I do have for Stingley. But as of right now, with him going through an entire practice, I love what I saw. And I want to give kudos to Brandon Cooks. I, I absolutely saw that footage out there where Cooks and Stingley was working with one another. And uh, listen, that is why you you keep Cooks around. Cooks hmm. bought in last year, understood his assignment, understood where this organization was going, and really stepped up, I think, when this team needed leaders with the departure of J.J. Watt, with the trade of DeAndre Hopkins, with the year of sitting out from Deshaun Watson and this team being so full of young players and you can, you know, kind of fly-by-night veterans. Cook stepped up, and I like to see – Cooks do what he did, especially considering he is one of the speedier receivers in the league, uh, important in this in this division. And so he's getting his rookie cornerback ready. However, Cody, let's move to the opposite side because what I'm hearing out of training camp, you, you've been there. Steven Nelson has also looked good uh, in, in practice so far. Is there anything you can tell us about Steven Nelson and how he's meshing with the team right now? That Steven Nelson is one, one of the veterans on this team. And two, remember a couple weeks ago, I think it was more so last week, where we said one of the storylines going into training camp was who's going to take over that number two cornerback role starting opposite of Derrick Stingley come week one against the Indianapolis Colts. Well, three days into training camp, I do believe that is leaning heavily towards um, Steven Nelson. This is a young man, like, we, like we've been saying here, it doesn't matter if he was with the Chiefs, it doesn't matter if he was with um, the Philadelphia Eagles, wherever he goes, this is a guy who leaves an impact on the defense, on this secondary, and three days into camp, John, listeners and viewers, I am seeing Steven Nelson leave a tremendous impact on the Texans secondary. I watched him closely doing his one-on-one battles he went up against Jalen Camp who by the way I cannot wait to talk about Jalen Camp you're talking about a guy who is having a very good camp Jalen Camp I'm I'm trying to save it Uh, yeah yeah no no pun intended intended. look Jalen Camp trying to save it for the second segment but you're talking about somebody who is having a really good um training camp to start off but 
Steven Nelson did a great job winning his one-on-one -on -one battle against Camp. And by the way, he also won his one-on-one -on -one battle against Johnny Johnson III. Doing 11 on 11, he is active, making plays on the ball. It seems like he is 100% bought into Lovey Smith philosophy philosophy of making plays on the ball, going for interceptions, trying to take the ball away. Love what I'm seeing from Steven Nelson through these first three days. Before we move on and talk about the wide receiver group, we started off today's show with Laramie Tunsil, who is a guy that, you know, he's a player. I don't think he's a man of many words. Um, and some people, when they see his contract and they remember what Houston gave up to get him, <laughs> they want him to do more. That may not be his role. However, being a leader doesn't always have to be vocal. And today, or on Monday, training camp, uh, when he when they ask him certain questions, how's Davis Mills, dog? Kenyon Green, dog. I love to hear that he's endorsing those players, the two young players, second-year rookie quarterback and offensive lineman in his own way. I uh, opened up talking about how he believes in Pep Hamilton. He's going to get this rolling. Mm. We ain't going to cuss because I know a lot of y'all have been complaining. But Larry Tussle also spoke about the three defensive ends who's challenged him in practice so far. And he mentioned them by saying, I'm glad to have veteran guys like Jerry Hughes Mario Addison and Jonathan Gennard going on his third year. So we're going to get better each and every day in practice. I love to hear that he has endorsed a young player like Jonathan Gennard and the two new guys, Mario Addison and Jerry Hughes, to this team. I, I, I like that just a little bit. I'm not overhyping and I'm saying, oh, he's going to be, you know, I do think that Larry Tonsil, who doesn't speak a lot, I think this is an important year for him as well. I think people have doubted him. I think. You know, even here on the show at times, we've wondered whether or not he should be a Houston Texan because does he fit into this rebuild? Mm, we don't know yet. We'll see how he plays out this year. Has some issues with the front office last year because of the injury. I think both parties understand where the opposite party is coming from. They bought into one another. I would love to see how everything turns out for Larry Tunsil this upcoming year. If you're living paycheck to paycheck or struggling to make ends meet, it can be really stressful when unexpected expenses come up. Now Dave can help you get out of a pinch when you really need it. Dave is the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill up your tank, buy a wedding gift, or go ahead and use some of that money and invest it into a Texan game, I don't know, December 4th this upcoming year. There's no interest and no credit check needed. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That is D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve and member FDIC. Your future you will thank you. Welcome back in, everybody, to this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Texan Podcast. Before we talk about the wide receivers on the depth chart right now, the Houston Texans got a visitor. Chester Rogers, former Indianapolis Colt and Tennessee Titans, an in-division player. Hmm. So, you know, he may have some inside trading information. Just joking. Hmm. Uh, however, ran a 4-3 coming out of college the last couple of years, 301 yards last year with Tennessee 179 the year before that in Indy in his best year coming in 2018 where he caught 53 passes for 485 yards and two TDs, 9.2 yards per catch. However, 
We'll talk about that if Houston decides to sign him or not. However, Cody, right now, Nico Collins. Nico Collins. And, and there's something I want to say about Nico Collins. Davis Mills really loves him some Nico Collins. He said Nico has put in a ton of work all last year and throughout this offseason. It shows what he's been doing out here in practice. I think we've definitely developed chemistry. It's very important. He continue it, and he's going to be dangerous. When we're on the same page and how we're on the same page, I don't think there's many people out there who can stop him. That's coming from his second-year quarterback talking about second-year wide receiver who, you know, last year towards the end of the year had an opportunity to get that chemistry all offseason. If you guys follow Davis Mills or Nico on social media, they was doing private workouts, flying out to mm. Atlanta and hooking up and linking up and just <laughs> doing all kind of great football things, which matters to this city right now. Cody, Nico, what's – what's? listen, paint us a picture. <laughs> this is your canvas right here. What's going on with Nico? I mean, I, I'm seeing him great catches at camp – High point balls, he's catching them coming down with him. He looks totally different from last year. He looks more twitchier. His hips look more fluid. Is this the year that we are expecting for him to have coming out? You know, let's, let's take us through it. Jonathan Alexander, um, the new Houston Texans beat reporter for the Houston Chronicle, wrote a feature on Nico Collins that was released either Saturday or Sunday. And He's early on in his in his feature. He he wrote that Nico Collins, his top goal is to help Brandon Cooks for this upcoming season. If that is Nico Collins' top goal, he's already on the right track, John listeners and viewers. What I have seen out of Nico Collins through these first three days of practice, when you say he looks completely different, it's one hundred percent the truth, and. I know a lot of people want to talk about his stature, 6'4". A lot of people want to talk about his ability to use that big body to create separation between him and his opponent. Everyone loves to talk about his stature in terms of his ability to go up there and get those 50-50 balls. And while all of that is true, one of the best attributes that I love out of Nico Collins by what I'm seeing as he entered his second year, he's a lot faster coming off the line of scrimmage, and he's a lot more quicker when he makes his decision on what route he's supposed to run. And I say that because, John, remember in the first segment, I talked about how Nico Collins was able to fake Derrick Stinley by, it seems like he was going for a go route, but he cut really, really quick and just lost Stingley in the process. That one play to me showcased that this is a young man who has worked on every aspect of his game. We are sitting here expecting Nico Collins to be this team's number two receiver. I know it's only three days into camp. And Monday was the first day of padded practice. But John, at the end of the 2022 season, the way things are going as of right now, do not be surprised if Nico Collins take the helm as this team's number one target in the passing game. Excuse me? I'm 
the way this young man is looking, do not be surprised. At the end of this season, we are sitting here talking about how Nico Collins took the helm as this team's number one target in the passing game. Because, by the way, once again, when you go back and you take a look at his rookie season, a lot of people fail to realize this. Yes, Nico Collins did not put up the number, but you got to keep in mind that, as we all know, the Houston Texans was a complete mess last season. But two and most importantly, he was also battling, I believe, an ankle injury that set him out for like three games or whatever the case might be. When he came back, he was still a little bit slow. Now, he has had an entire offseason to work out. He's 100% healthy. And by the way, remember, his last year playing college football took place in 2019. Remember, he set out the whole entire 2020 season. Nico Collins is up to something special. Let's transition over to guys like Jalen Kemp, uh, Johnny Johnson, the other wide receivers that are trying to, you know, scrap and claw for an opportunity to make this Texan roster uh, because Philip Dorsett has been out. He hasn't been able to practice mm-hmm. right now. So that is giving this Texan training camp, I mean, uh, coaching staff, excuse me, uh, more opportunity to see other guys play. You've just raved about Jalen Camp. What's going on with Jalen Camp? And, and is there any other wide receiver that come August 13th, we should be kind of glued to the TV sets trying to figure out, okay, this is why this guy's been standing out in the camp. We see how he can make this, this opportunity uh, to make the roster spot. Jalen Camp seems like a guy he is going to make it really hard for the Houston Texans to either cut or put on the practice squad. And I say that because ever since the start of training camp on Friday, this is a young man who has at least once, maybe two times throughout practice, makes a phenomenal catch where you think to yourself, oh, wow. I didn't see that coming. He is a guy who definitely knows how to make a play on the ball, and he is definitely the guy who is unwilling to lose those 50-50 balls. As a matter of fact, going back to yesterday, I saw him make a phenomenal catch down the middle from a pass by Kyle Allen. And by the way, speaking of a pass for Kyle Allen, you're talking about another wide receiver that that he's making the case to make it very hard for the Texans to either cut or put on the practice squad is Johnson. Johnson is another wide receiver just about every single day. He is going out there making plays and doing the final two-minute drill. Kyle Allen did a good job marching the ball down the field, and he threw a very good touchdown pass to Johnson for the final play of practice on yesterday. So, John, I know going into training camp, we had a lot of concerns about, you know, how are the Houston Texans are going to, you know, what what type of talent does this wide receiving core has, especially with the loss of John Mechie. Once again, I know it's only three days into training camp. However, what I have been able to see, you know, and just, just think about it. The three guys that I'm raving about, we haven't even talked about how good Brandon Cooks look. So that alone should let you know how good this wide receiving core is looking at the first at the throughout the first couple of days of camp. I do want to mention that Lovey Smith talked about Brevin Jordan, who's also been having a good camp. We'll talk about him more later in the week. And Nico Collins said that they are matchup problems for defenses. So it's always good to hear your head coach give you uh, some words of encouragement and praise. And also, a guy that I talked about who's going to make it hard for Houston to cut, Dare Ogubunwale, has mm. also been having a very good camp mm. out of the backfield. 
that is the role that I wanted to see him play for the Houston Texans as the other two starting running backs in Marlon Mack and, you know, presumably Damian Pierce, they are, are not necessarily known for that. But Dare has been having, a, you know, taking advantage of his opportunity and he's been having a good training camp so far as well. We got to talk about Deshaun Watson and we're going to finish talking about Davis Mills because some people may look at, you know what, we'll save it for the other side of the break. However, this episode is by Bet Online. Still, the fifth and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite betting needs, find all of your favorite sports events, and they still remain the number one source for all of the odds, lines, and games. Find reviews, news on every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device. You got it right here to learn more about the actions happening today because Bet Online is where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Texans your first listen. Now make your second listen to Locked On NFL Podcast. Our national NFL experts and insiders keep fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league because an offseason doesn't equal a break in the action. So make sure you guys are checking out the Locked On NFL Podcast. I want to say that Jalen Camp went to, uh, excuse me, Georgia Tech. And if you guys know know anything about Georgia Tech, they don't throw the ball, right? And it's kind of odd that Calvin Johnson decided to go to school there. But Georgia Tech has been traditionally known to not throw the ball. They run this offense. They've been running forever. But that is where Jalen Cam went to school. Now, he did end his collegiate career with only 786 yards and five touchdowns. However... Whenever a play needed to be made as a receiver, which was very seldom with Georgia Tech's offense, he made the play. Guys, 11 catches his junior year, I mean sophomore year, for 186 yards, 17 yards per catch. The next year, seven catches, 134 yards, 19 yards per catch. The, his last year in 2020? 27 catches, 417 yards, 15.4 yards per catch. What I'm getting at is we can look at Damian Pierce and say, well, maybe we wouldn't have got him if Florida would have gave him the ball more because how good of a runner he was. And he averaged nearly 4.5 to 5 yards per catch in any given season. So maybe that helped out Houston in the long run. When I'm looking at Jalen Kemp, 17 yards per catch, 19 yards per catch, and nearly 16 yards per catch. The opportunities wasn't there, but when they were there, he made sure he made damn good of the opportunities that came down with the ball. So this could be very much so a diamond in the rough type of player. I want to use Jalen Kemp to transition over to Davis Mills. Now on Saturday, uh, Cody, you were out there. I was over in Cabo, probably, you know, wasted, (laughs) uh, enjoying my honeymoon. But on Saturday – you know, I'm hearing that Davis Mills, well, the defense won on Saturday because Davis Mills had a lot of checkdowns. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say this, guys. In the era of Deshaun Watson, I, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the guys that said this, and, and a lot of you guys that I'm seeing tweet were also saying this as well, 
that Deshaun Watson needed to do a better job of giving what the defense gives him, uh, taking what the defense gives him. Well, I think that's what Davis Mills did on Saturday, Cody. You were out there. Let me know. Maybe if the defense made it difficult for him, does that speak to Davis Mills being smarter, not forcing things, who's also in the first year of Pep Hamilton's offense, trying to learn things out, trying to get that chemistry with players, taking what he gives, is that the way that he's able to move the chains? On Saturday, what happened? Because I think that's a good thing. It was both a good thing and a bad thing. One, it was a good thing because it showcased and it proves that Davis Mills has experienced a lot of growth in his decision of not forcing it to one player or forcing it to an individual um, target or whatever the case might be. And I said that's because when I go back and I think to where he was this time last year as a rookie, everything was new. This franchise was in a disarray. Didn't have that good of a coaching staff around him. I, I go back and I remember a player who looked like he was nervous. I go back and I look at a player who seems like he wasn't going through all of his reads. And I also go back and, and look at a player who was forcing a lot. What took place on Saturday, and even more so on Monday, but not too much, I saw a guy who took a deep ah. breath. And when his original option, when his original target wasn't there, he did a great job making through going through his reads. However, the one problem that I noticed, and I saw a couple of other people talk about this, was the fact that it seems like he was holding on to the ball a little bit too long. And there was moments where I thought to myself, if this was a real game, if this was week one against the Indianapolis Colts, he would have gotten sacked at least three, maybe four times. And out of those three or four times, I can make an argument that two of those four times would have been his fault because he held on to the ball a little bit longer. And that was a little bit concerning to me because, look, and I'm only bringing his name up because that's what's next on the agenda, but it kind of goes back to the biggest gripe against Deshaun Watson was the fact that he was holding on to the ball um, too long. But at the same time, you know, when Deshaun held on to the ball in the city of Houston for an extremely long time, it was like, okay, he has the athleticism. He, he has the elite status to create something out of nothing. Me personally, I don't think Davis Mills is at that level yet. However, what I would like to say, and Big Sarge brought this to my attention when we was talking about it after practice, Davis Mills was probably holding on to the ball a lot longer because he is still trying to learn Pep Hamilton's offense. Right. On Monday, I did not see a quarterback who was holding on to the ball too long like I saw on Saturday. Whatever him and Pep Hamilton did between Saturday practice and Monday practice, I saw a difference. I do want to mention it seems like this offense will allow Davis Mills to make more attempts downfield on Saturday. Um, uh, well, hold on, let me get my notes really quick. <clears throat> I just want to make sure I got the right numbers because I did write down the numbers. Here we go. Here we go. Davis Mills, from what I counted, he did attempt a long ball pass three times, and he only made one completion. However, that goes back to him going through his reads and still trying to get accustomed to Pep Hamilton's offense. I think that's good news to hear. And, uh, by the way, Davis Mills had a beautiful ball to Brevin Jordan. Uh, one thing I like about Davis Mills that I really like about this young man, his ball placement skills. Is incredible, which was something we was already raving about 
you know, his rookie it, season. It is. There's a pass that's out there that you guys probably probably can catch it on the uh, Texans Twitter page. But there's a, a high point pass where he, you know, got it over to Brevin Jordan. And you can see the defenders closing in on it to where if this was a live game, that pass is necessary for Brevin Jordan to come down with. Before we get out, get up out of here today, you guys heard the news. Deshaun Watson only suspended six games from Sue Robinson, who, by the way, now he has a clause in his contract stating he can only go <laughs> to team masseuses. Uh, she also said that it was an egregious pattern by Deshaun Watson, and then he only ended up getting six games. Um, these are my thoughts really quick. If it was egregious, then it should have been more than six games. If it was, if there's now a clause that you should only use team facility massages because of your outside patterns, then there's probably a reason why he should have got more than six games. However, mm. guys, ladies and gentlemen, when you compare Deshaun Watson to Calvin Ridley, when you compare Deshaun Watson to maybe an Albert Kamara or any other player that is facing suspension, please understand this. Technically, there were no criminal charges for them to really bring up to say, well, you broke a law. Yeah, Calvin really broke a law. This is part of the NFL rules, not, you know, bet. And we may feel how we feel about it personally, but it is what it is. Same thing with what's going on with Albert Kamara. So, like, he was never arrested. A law was never broken. However, I'm speaking technically, not morally. I hope you guys read between the lines on that. But for Houston... Texan fans, we move on. Six games for for the Cleveland Browns, regardless if they go zero and six, four and two, five and one, six and zero. The Houston Texans still owe, own their third round pick next year, I mean, their first round pick next year. And so I think that for Houston, I think we can finally say, let's move forward. Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast. Make sure you are subscribed to the Locked On Texans podcast on YouTube. Also, follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Follow me on Twitter as well at John underscore Hickman 12. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.